Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hello and welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation and to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Today's episode, we are talking about winter blues. We're talking about the nights drawing in, the cold mornings, the getting up before the sun does and working right through long after the sun itself has gone to bed. If you are like many other human beings and like millions of entrepreneurs out there where you just find it hard to get going in the winter, you find it hard to be as positive, as driven, as motivated, you struggle to be as energetic, you kind of lost a little bit of your mojo, then here's the thing I need you to understand. Number one, it's actually normal. Many people do. Not everyone does. Many people do. Call it sad, seasonal, was it called seasonal effective affected disorder I think it's called but regardless whether it's sad or whether it's just you feel a little bit sad the truth matter is many of us absolutely struggle in the winter months and the reason being is really simple it goes against our evolutionary background it goes against what we were built to do what we're meant to do we are definitely in the hibernation season we're not meant to be pushing and driving right now to a degree we're meant to be fattening up and resting and relaxing so the truth of the matter is, when we set our alarm clocks for 6.30, 7, 5 o'clock maybe for some of you guys, and it's pitch black, you're not meant to wake up in pitch black. In the animal kingdom, you wouldn't be waking up in pitch black. We're not nocturnal animals. We would wake up when the sun gets up. And guess what? We would start to wind down when the sun starts to set. This time of year, what? 4, 4.30, we'd be winding down. The campfires would be lit. We'd be feasting. We'd be uh, filling our bellies. And then guess what? We'd be hitting the sack nice and early, probably like 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. I don't know. Maybe even earlier than that. Probably get a good 12 hours sleep. And that's what we're meant to be doing right now. This is why it's normal for, for us as human beings to just be more tired in the winter, to want to eat more sometimes in the winter. There's certainly different foods that you're craving, more kind of fattening foods to fatten up. This is normal. Not everyone necessarily feels this, but it's completely normal if you do. I, for one, am definitely one of those people that just struggles a little bit in the winter. Ideally, I like to get a little bit of late year sun. So it wasn't that long ago I was in Crete in uh, autumn so I get a couple of weeks out there kind of top me up to get me through the winter and then typically I like to get away early in the new year as well Um, more recent years kind of like really early in February and that kind of gets me through the winter but the truth of the matter is it does feel like it's getting me through the winter as opposed to you know I'm thriving and I'm buzzing and everything else I'm going to admit to you, I definitely struggle a little bit winter. My partner, Tracy, my partner in life and in the business, she actually doesn't suffer anywhere near as much as I do during the winter months, okay? Um, She would definitely prefer the longer days. She definitely doesn't like getting up in darkness and all that lot, but she doesn't seem to get as affected by it as, say, I do. 
So I'm going to speak to all those people, whether you're a little bit affected by winter and the dark nights and the short days, or whether you're like me and you're moderately affected by it, or maybe even you're someone, and there are people out there that really, really struggle with this every single winter. So here's what I want you to remember. There are two environments, and it's the two environments I constantly talk about. The first environment is the internal environment, and the second environment is the external environment, the one outside of you, okay? And as a person on a journey, I hope of personal development of someone who's trying to push themselves. I'm hoping you're listening to this podcast that you follow me because you're trying to improve yourself, improve yourself as a person, as an entrepreneur. And of course, you're trying to grow your business and you're trying to change the world that you live in. Even if it's the micro world, the micro climate that is your business and your family life, or whether you're trying to have a bigger impact in the wider sense of your community or further afield. You, if you are on that personal journey, need to understand consistently internal, external, So when we talk about things like Buddhism, for example, and mindfulness, we are talking purely about the internal place. Meditation, for example, we're talking about the internal environment. We're talking about our thoughts and our feelings. And we're talking about, you know, managing ourselves, our emotional responses, our emotional state, our thought patterns, our internal feelings, and even the way, you know, what we believe and our values and what we perceive to be true and how we act and react and interact interact with people and things and the external world around us. That's the internal environment, okay? And ultimately, that's the one that can be really hard to manage, but we can't actually get inside ourselves. And whilst I'm going to say to you now, I don't think, you know, it's that easy to control ourselves. What we do is we influence ourselves. And it's the same with the external world. We can't control the external world around us. We can't control the people around us. We can't control events around us. But what we can do is we can influence them. So I want this episode to really highlight that you can influence both your internal environment and you can also influence your external environment in a way to help you through maybe what you might feel a little bit like me, a slightly tougher time over the next, what, four, maybe five months or so before it all starts to pick up again. The planet starts to warm up for us anyway, where we are in the UK and the days start to get longer and the weather gets better. And typically many people start to pick up then and start to feel good. You've only got to look how many people just feel so good in the summer. You know, peak summer for many people, they're they're happiest, they're at their most content, they're at the most peaceful. Again, myself being one of those. In the UK, of course, our summer is not exactly earth shattering and it doesn't go on for very long. So guess what? We need to maximize the opportunities that we have to influence our internal and external environments. So I'm going to start with the external environment first, and then we're going to come back to you and look at your internal environment about what you can do to help keep yourself uplifted, inspired, motivated, positive. But first, external environment. The external environment. So number one, be aware of what your external environments are. The broader the sense you look at your external environment, the less you're able to influence it. So let's, for example, look at the world at large. Obviously, you're going to have a very little impact at the world at large, probably. Okay. 
Certain people obviously have a much bigger impact in the external world. For most of us, when we're looking at that, we are the stone that drops in the middle of the ocean. So, you know, if you're not liking the political climate at the moment in the UK, if you're not liking the political climate in the world, for example, there's not a lot you can actually do to massively influence it, okay? Yes, you can vote, you can make yourself heard, you can campaign, but it's not a lot you can do, certainly not a lot you can do to have a big impact on that outcome that's going to give you that quick feedback that you need in order to be positive. So we can't blame things. We can't blame the winter, the weather, the darkness. We can't blame the lack of sun or the clouds or anything like that because, of course, it's outside of our control. It's outside of our influence. What we can do, however, is we can influence and manage our environments the best we can. So, for example, you can't well, you can, but you it's kind of pointless moaning about the rain, but you can take an umbrella and put an umbrella up to protect yourself from getting wet. You can't, you shouldn't, you could, but you're not going to help you moan about the cold, but you can put an extra couple of layers on and a nice fleecy jacket, for example. So, you know, that's in its most crudest sense of influencing the external environment. I can't heat the planet up, but I can put a coat on. I can't stop it raining, but I can put an umbrella up. We can take that thinking further and further. So let's look at your environment as being, you know, where you live, your home. And then let's look at where you work, which might be your home as well, or maybe it's an office. And look at how you can influence that in ways that, number one, makes it more bearable. Number two, hopefully makes it more positive. Number three, make it as inspiring and motivational as possible. So look at where you work, for example, and where you spend your time. Now, this session is actually also useful throughout the year because it's really important to make sure that you are as motivated and as positive and as inspired as possible all year long in order to perform at your best and get the best results. But, you know, we're looking specifically now in these dark, cold, wintry months, where do you work and does it inspire you? Does it motivate you? Does it make you feel at your best? Or at least does it make you feel good enough to get going? Or is it drab and dreary and is it uninspiring? So if you're stuck in a small office in your house, or let's say it's a garden office, right? So you've got a garden office, a converted shed or something like that, maybe something purpose-built as a, as a home office in the garden, but it's a little bit chilly and the view is of some you know dead grass or dead trees or dead plants and all you can see is the rain and everything else. You can see that even though you might be inside and it's not as bad as being outside, it's going to just be a constant dreary visual outside of those windows that you might look out of or the doors or whatever it might be. And what you want to think about is actually the brain itself can be quite easily tricked. So if, for example, instead of facing your desk or your chair towards, you know, I don't know, the patio doors that lead out to this dreary site, instead what you did was turn your office around a little bit and faced a wall. And on that wall, you had a beautiful mural, a beach, whatever it might be, or at least just a picture or photo frame from one of your holidays, maybe a picture of your kids or family in the sun, stuff like that. You'd be amazed at how that image subliminally goes in and makes a little difference. I'm not going to say it's going to change everything, but it will make a little bit of a difference. So change the view. You know, we um, have 
TV screensavers now, you know, and computer laptop screensavers, you know, put things on there that give you the hit that you want, you know, not things that remind you of the sun that make you feel miserable, but things that kind of allow you to kind of live in the illusion or even the delusion that maybe you might be in a better climate or a better environment. This is why we like to have pictures of scenery in our houses. And, you know, if you're a beach person, you might have a beach scene. If you're a forest person, you'll have a forest scene or mountains, maybe a cityscape, that kind of thing. And of course, why are you choosing those paintings? Why are we putting those pictures up? Why do we have the screensaver of the beautiful beach in Bali with the palm trees and the sun setting behind them? It's because subliminally we already get this. It's a pleasing image. And if it's pleasing to us, we're not looking at thinking, oh, I'd love to be there. You might occasionally. Actually, there's a part of you that kind of is influenced by that as if you are actually there. So don't underestimate the view that you're having. In fact, I saw a great uh, article once from a guy. Unfortunately, I can't remember who he is, um, but I do remember what he was saying. And what he was saying is in his desk, he has two sides of his office and he has two sides to his desk. And on one side, he has a painting of a forest and the desk itself has got like a plant on it and stuff like that. And then he says he has the other side of his desk. So it's you know, relatively big desk, but not like 10 feet long or anything. On the other side of his desk, the wall has a picture of a seascape, a beach, and then he has this like little sand box that you can get, you know, he's like little uh, stress toys, I think, or, you know, like executive toys you buy. It's like a little sandbox that you can play with, with rakes and stuff. And he has like a cactus there and stuff like that. And just literally, he, you know, when he's facing one side, he's kind of in the forest, right? And when he faces the other way, he's in this beach scene. And what he says is, is the moment he starts to feel uninspired, the moment he starts to feel like he's getting bored or his brain's starting to get fatigued or he's getting restless or anything like that, all he does is literally take his laptop, move it to the other side of the desk, turn his chair around to face the other side of the office. And literally that change is the same as changing an environment. And I'm telling you now, changing environments absolutely does a reset on your brain, you know, going out for a walk in nature when you feel really fatigued and mentally tired from work and you go outside for a walk with a dog and then within five minutes you feel revitalized and fresh and, you know, you feel great. It's like you finish a day at work and you're exhausted and shattered and yet you go to the gym, get on the treadmill and suddenly you can run five miles and it's like, was I really tired or not really tired? I'm telling you now, changing your environment is like a reset, and that's what this guy was doing. Instead of going for the walk, instead of going from the forest literally to the beach, he would change his view so that it would give the illusion to his unconscious of a change of environment. And he would find it would reset him, rejuvenate him, and he could go again. And I really like this whole concept because, you know, when we do change our physical environment to one that's more pleasing to us, we feel better. We feel more inspired. That's why when you go on holiday, and if you like the sun, I'm assuming that's why you would go to the sun. You like the sun, you like the beach, you like the sea. The moment you get there, you feel better. You feel more relaxed. You feel more inspired, more creative, more, you know, just happier. If you like mountains, it'll be the same thing for you. If you like a city, you know, you live in the countryside and you love the buzz of the city, going into the city will change you. 
But of course, it's not practical to keep flying from one country to the next and whatever it might be. So actually what you can do is you can give the illusion of that through murals, through paintings, pictures, photographs, screensavers. You know, if you've got a big TV at home, for example, and it's just turned off like a big black screen, then, you know, put a screensaver through it that is sun and beaches and stuff like that that makes you feel inspired. If it's bright days in mountains, put that on there. Bright forest days, put that in there for you. It doesn't have to be beach, right? It needs to be what works for you. Like I say, it could be your favorite photograph from your favorite sunny place that you've ever been with your family. Something that, you know, gives that illusion to your unconscious that this is the environment you're in, okay? That's one. Another thing you can do is you can get these like sad lamps or blue lights or whatever it might be. Now, blue lights are something which are getting a really bad rep at the moment because what we're doing is we're looking in front of our computer screens and our phones and the blue light, you know, up until I know, 11 o'clock, we go to bed and then we can't switch off. We have disturbed sleep and everything else because it's the illusion that it's still daylight. So I'm not saying that you sit there with this blue light all day long. However, you know, blue lights and sad lamps and stuff like that, you know, short bursts of them, right? So again, you know, you'll follow the instructions of the sad lamp that you get, you know, but typically you do a, you know, half an hour, an hour, whatever it might be, depending on what the lamp is and what the recommendation is. And what you do is you just give yourself this hit of this kind of blue light, which is basically sunlight, right? And you hit yourself with this sort of sunlight, daylight kind of uh, vibe. And it does in literally, not just mentally, it literally physically alters, you know, your brain and your cells and all this sort of stuff. Because in the UK, especially, we're just not getting the amount of sun that we would need to be as energized and as, as, as upbeat and mentally on our game as we'd want to be, both in terms of our focus, but also in terms of our general emotional well-being. You know, we just thrive a little bit better with a bit more sunlight and daylight. Okay. Now, the next thing with the environment, okay, is making sure that the people in that environment are ones that uplift you and the music, if you're listening to music, uplifts you. And when you're watching TV, for example, not while you're working, but, you know, in the evenings and that, you know, just keep the TV uplifting. Don't watch miserable shit. If you're already in that state where it's easy to be a bit down, a bit depressed, a bit sad, and you know, just a little bit lethargic, don't then go and, you know, surround yourself with more stuff that's likely to pull you down even further. You know, you want to have stuff that lifts you up, stuff that makes you feel better and feel, uh, feel energized. So think about, you know, watching, I say this, you know, comedies and lighthearted things, stuff like that, because it really does have a big effect on your psyche. The next thing is to make sure the people around you, right, are the positive ones that inspire you and don't drag you down and pull you down. Spend the time with those people and spend the time in those environments that inspire you and make you feel good about yourself and make you feel energetic. Make a list of the places that make you feel shit. Make a list of places that make you feel good. Hang out in the good ones as much as possible and limit your exposure to the negative ones as much as possible as well. The next thing to do is actually understand that even though we don't have much sunlight and we don't have much, you know, blue skies and heat and everything else in the winter, even in the UK, just going out and getting 10, 15 minutes of getting some, you know, really juicy UV rays. Again, they get a really bad rep, but we need this stuff, okay? Um, go out for 10, 15 minutes. You've got a dog, you know? Go out during the day, you know? I know it can be tempting to take your dog out at six in the morning like you do in the summer because you want to give the dog the walk first in the morning and get it over and done with so you can get on with work, but maybe do some work first, do something else first, 
and then take your dog out when the sun's starting to come up and the sunlight's there. Maybe even go out for a lunchtime walk where the sun's at its peak. And even if it's cloudy, like the day I'm recording this, I'm looking out the window right now and it's, it's, it, it looks like it could be dusk. It's so cloudy. The UV rays, the light is still getting through. You will absorb that. So even though it's cold outside and maybe wintry and windy, don't underestimate the importance of getting out there and getting some of that on you. Does that make sense? Absorbing some of that daylight as well is really important. If you work in an office, for example, where there is no daylight, of course, that's going to have a big negative impact as well. If you work in a a cafe, for example, or Starbucks, you know, sit by the window, sit by the places that let the light in. Does this make sense? Combining these ideas that I'm saying, don't sit by the window and look out at a dreary high street that makes you feel miserable. That's not going to work that environment for now. Does this make sense? Okay, the next thing I want to look at, and this is uh, a short one for you really, and that is to look at the internal environment. The internal environment is your thoughts and everything else. Monitor your thoughts. Just because it's raining outside doesn't mean it's miserable, doesn't mean it's out to get you. Now, I can fall into this trap, I'm going to be honest with you, because I don't like the rain and the dreariness. You know, I can look outside and I can, you know, take something which is objectively just weather, you know, it's just some rain and some overcast or an early evening, you know, I say as in the sun sets early. And I can look at that and just objectively, it is what it is, right? It's rain falling from the sky, right? It's what happens. It's dark earlier. That's what happens. It's cold. That's what happens. Um, or I can look at that and feel miserable and depressed and I can hanker to better times and the holiday we had and wish it was different and wish I was somewhere different. All of that stuff can actually pull you down and spiral you down even further. So you want to make sure that you manage yourself. So you want to influence your external environment as much as possible. I'm all up for that. But then we've got to get a little bit Zen on this. We've got to get a little bit Buddhist, a little bit mindful on this. And we've got to manage ourselves with the interaction with the external world, our, our, our interactions with the rain or the weather or the damp or the cold or the dark nights or the dark mornings, we need to manage ourselves in terms of what we allow that to mean to us and how we interact with that. We must take responsibility for our own experience of life whilst also giving ourselves some compassion for understanding that it's not necessarily our fault that we feel this way, but it is our responsibility to get ourselves to feel as good as we possibly can for as much of the year as we possibly can so that we can perform the best we possibly can so we can get the results that are the best that we possibly can. So take some time out and really think about your thought patterns, think about your external environments, think about your interactions with those external environments, how you feel about that, the messages you're sending yourself. If you keep telling yourself how miserable it is and how dreary it is, it magnifies what is actually happening outside. It brings what is actually happening outside and makes it real for you and it brings it into you and then it exists more powerfully, more magnified within you and then you react even more so. Does this make sense? But don't underestimate that there's some real stuff going on as well. The other thing I want to share with you really quickly is this. I've talked about the office where you could, you know, look at the beautiful picture and the sunscape. And I talked about the guy that, you know, moved his office or moved his chair. So his focus point from the forest to the sun side of his office. He also changed music, by the way. So he had music that he felt was quite you know, indicative of the forest and made him feel like that environment. And he had different music for the beach scenes and stuff like that. He switched the music up and and just really recreate this for himself. Here's the thing you can also do. You can do that for yourself in your own imagination. 
So as I've been saying, there's this direct link between the external environment and how we feel. But there's also this thing where actually when you close your eyes and visualize something, your unconscious actually doesn't understand that you're not there. So if you can picture something vividly enough, if you can imagine something vividly enough, so if you close your eyes and let's say the beach does it for you and you're laying in the sand and you can feel the sand under your body and you can feel the breeze just gently going over your skin and you can hear the noises of maybe some birds or some kids playing, whatever's going to work for you, okay? And maybe it's just you on this beach and no one else and it's completely tranquil and peaceful and you can hear the waves and you can feel the sun, you know, kind of baking through your skin and you can see what the world would look like, you know, with the light coming through your closed eyelids and that. If you can imagine that to a degree where you start to actually sense it and feel it in your body, your unconscious, believe it or not, doesn't know that you're not there and it will start to react to that scene, okay? You can literally teleport yourself. You can literally transport yourself from the dreary, dreariness of the UK to a beautiful beach on Bali and you can do it in the office chair where you are sitting right now. You can transport yourself to this place and your unconscious doesn't know the difference between the two if you can visualize it to a deep degree of reality and you can really, you know, imagine and create what that feeling is of the sun and the sand and the sea and you can hear it and everything else. I'm telling you now, you can give yourself a little mini 10 minute trip to Bali right now in the seat that you're in. If it's a beautiful park that you like, you know, laying in the park and the sun coming through the trees and heating up everybody and the dogs playing, if that's your scene, picture it. Picture it to a big enough degree, to a detailed enough degree. Start to feel what the sun feels like, you know, you know, see what the sun looks like coming through your eyes. You know, just get yourself into that place your unconscious, believe it or not, will interact and react with that as if it is real. You can give yourself these mini bite-sized breaks throughout the day that give you that sense of being in the sun and everything else. So don't underestimate the power of the external. You know, I always say this, I'm all up for mindfulness. I'm all up for the visualization and the, you know, the, the internal management of ourself and our emotional responses and all of that. I'm well up for that because we want to get all over that. However, we can sometimes help by shortcutting that experience by looking at the external world and and creating it and forming it and influencing it in ways that just makes it easier for us to have the experience of life that we want to have and to have the, the, the emotions that we want to have. And it just helps us to be inspired and positive and engaged. And it helps you just be a better version of you in this time of year that potentially can make it a little bit hard to do so. Awesome, guys. If you do suffer with sad, if you do suffer with low motivation levels, then just get stuck into the external environment. Do some checks on that. Make that better for you. Go inside your own head. Make some checks in there. Make that a better environment for you to hang out in as well. Take the mini breaks to Bali or the park or wherever's going to work for you. Just do it. Whenever you start to feel sluggish and that, maybe once every 90 minutes, once an hour, maybe just, you know, in the morning, lunchtime and at the end of the day, maybe get yourself a little 
sad lamp, get yourself some blue light, don't overdo it, it will fuck up your sleep and you'll uh, you'll not be thanking me for that down the line. So absolutely take, uh, take responsibility for how you feel, understand it's completely normal and I wish you every luck in keeping absolutely going for it all winter long. If you are a service-based business, don't forget I have the six-figure fast track waiting for you right now on our website. If you have yet to hit 100K in turnover, so maybe you're doing 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50 or 60,000, but you want to know what's it going to take to hit 100K in the next 12 months or less. If you want to cut through all the bullshit out there, cut through all the noise and really get focused on what you need to have in place in order to maximize the growth of your business over the next 12 months, get yourself on that six-figure fast track. It's completely free of charge. It's a masterclass. And we look at the six-figure mindset, the six-figure business model, and the six-figure methodology, the day-to-day stuff that you need to be focused on in order to get you and your business to 100K or more in the next 12 months or less. Get yourself on that, and I will see you next time. Until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up, extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. 